0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com.
1: You have your Bibles today and remain standing just a moment longer in the reverence of reading of the Word of God, Ephesians chapter 2. Paul's letter to the church in Eph- Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 2 began in verse number 1. If you have it, say praise the Lord. Maybe I ought to wait just a moment longer. If you have it, say praise the Lord. There we go. It says, "In you hath he quakened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we, at our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath. Even as others. But then Paul changes course. Said, this is who we were. We were dead. We were walking according to the course of the world. We were fulfilling the desires of the flesh. But God. Who is rich in mercy. For His great love. Wherewith He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Today, for a few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk to you on this thought, when the devil thought he'd won when the devil thinks that he's one. Amen. Would you lift your voice with me one more time? Can we pray that God would help us to receive His Word today? God, we thank You for Your power that we have felt in this room. God, the anointing that we know is here, that Your Word that is ready, God, to be delivered. And I pray today, Lord, for ready hearts and open ears, God, that today we receive Your Word with gladness and that it would bring transformation, life change, God, into Homes and individuals that are represented here. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Would you clap your hands unto Him one more time? (laughs) Magnify the Lord. Amen, amen. You may be seated. To know your enemy is an ancient military principle that is based on the supposition that if you know who your enemy is and you know his strengths and his weaknesses, you are more likely to secure a victory over him. Now that strategy has, has stood the test of time and nowhere is it more applicable than in spiritual warfare. There, there, there is something that you need to know today about the devil. The devil is defective. Let's go ahead and look at somebody near you and say the devil's defective. He's not as much as we make him out to be. His weaknesses far outnumber his strengths. Jesus, who is our deliverer, has already defeated Satan at the cross of Calvary. And that defeat has severely limited his ability to and the the ability of the kingdom of darkness to, to harm us. Because their leader, the devil, is already vanquished. The kingdom of darkness is fighting a losing battle. According to Isaiah, in Isaiah 14, that one day we shall see the devil. And he says in the King James Version, we shall narrowly look upon him. What that means is, in other words, it's like this. He said, we're going to squint. And we're going to look on the devil. And we're going, to, we're going to have to see what all is there. We're going to take careful examination and we're going to stare at him in amazement. We're going to ask, can this be the one? Could this be the one that shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? The devil is going to be so unimpressive that we will be unable to fathom how in the world he managed to hold whole cities and kingdoms within his I've come today to let somebody know the devil's not as big as you think that he is. Jesus called the devil the the a liar and the father of lies. Satan would like for people to believe that he holds unlimited power and fearsome abilities but it's all just one big colossal lie. The devil is living a lie and so many people have fallen for that lie. He gets far more credit than he is due. When people see him they will not be able to believe that they fell for his charades. Whereas we know that God is omniscient, God is omnipotent, God is omnipresent. The devil is simply overrated. He doesn't have a hold on you that you think He has on you. He doesn't have the grip on your home that you think He has on your home. Some of us have come in today with our heads held low, hanging it down in defeat because the devil, oh, he's just been wreaking havoc on us. He's just been tearing our home apart. He's just been tearing my job apart. He's been messing with my finances. But hear me today in the Holy Ghost, the devil doesn't have as much grip on you as you think he has on you Because he is powerless in the end. For every dozen things that he does to trouble people, there are at least two dozen things that he just cannot do. He doesn't have the kind of power that you think he does. And above all, can I declare to you today that the devil does not have the power to win in the end. Out of all the things that he cannot do, is he cannot win. He can never possess the victory. He can never conquer you. He can never conquer Jesus because the Lord has already declared that He belongs underneath my feet. Somebody ought to praise the Lord today for the power that you have over the enemy that is in your life. Scripture shares with us plainly that there are spiritual battles that happen all around us. That we live in two different atmospheres at the same time. There is that physical atmosphere that you and I live in that we can see and we can, uh, we can experience with our other senses. But there's this other atmosphere that we don't see and we oftentimes take it for granted and we forget about it. And it, that is the spiritual atmosphere. It is an atmosphere that we cannot see with our eyes and experience with the rest of our natural senses. Ephesians 6 and 12, Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness that is in high places. He said the war that we are experiencing is not with our spouse. The war that we are fighting is not with our children. I know it doesn't feel that way. But Paul said, I want to make it clear. There are two atmospheres. And what you are really fighting against is what is taking place in the spiritual atmosphere. In our opening verse of Scripture today, Paul says in Ephesians 2 and 2, that wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power Of the air. He's the prince of the power of the air. That doesn't mean he's hanging out in a white cloud outside. It means he's living in the spiritual realm. He is living in the spiritual atmosphere that we cannot see and we cannot sense. But we know that the devil is operating. He said it's the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Another interesting fact about the devil is he believes his own lies. And he's so good at lying and he's been so deceptive that he, he, he's missed the fact that he should just go ahead and quit. And so he keeps trying even though he's already lost. He says that now worketh. You'd have thought he had thrown in the towel by now. you thought he had understood enough of Scripture to just go ahead and quit the fight. But He is even now, today, working. You have felt that heaviness in your home over the course of the past few months. you felt that heaviness that has come on you and threatened to pin you to the bed till you couldn't even stand again. There's that that feeling that is in the atmosphere that we wonder, why do I feel this way? Why can't I get my head out of the clouds? That atmosphere of worry that has threatened to drown you. That atmosphere that is heavy with strife that has you living on the edge. I know you feel it because I felt it. I know you've experienced it because I've been experiencing it. And we're all in this together. And the enemy is now working in that spiritual atmosphere. And it's in that atmosphere that the devil has you right where he wants you. Verse number 3 of Ephesians 2, he says, among whom also we all at our conversation. Paul said, I want to make it just real clear for a moment. Some of you think you're holy. And you're like, oh, well, I didn't have that conversation with the devil. Me and him never talked about that. He said, we all, all had that conversation. We all were drawn and enticed by him by the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and we were by nature. He said we were made this way. We were born into iniquity. He said we were by nature the children of wrath even as others. He said you're not the you know, I'm not the only one that feels this way. I know you are too. I know you've talked with the devil. I know you've been having conversations with him and it's been dr- bringing you down and drawing you down and it's been in that atmosphere that has been all around you and you've been struggling to breathe and struggling to to fight and struggling to live. For God, it's with this wicked sense of glee that the devil looks at this Scripture and he thinks for a moment that he has won. Because everybody's been enticed and everybody is believing the lie. And so with with that wicked sense of glee, the devil smirks and he thinks that he has won. And Isaiah 5 and 14 tells us that therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. He said, I think I've won. I think I've got them where I want them. Go ahead and start building some more room up here. Go ahead and start creating some more space up here. We're going to need it for all those who are falling from my eyes, All of those who are living in this atmosphere that is ripe for me to defeat them and to bring them down. The party celebrations are being hung in hell because another family has entered into the atmosphere of defeat. Hell's minions are setting the tables and they're pulling up the chairs because another child has lost its way. There's a party that's being prepared in hell because another one has turned their back on God. Because every now and then the devil thinks he's won. It was in the early stages of World War II that the Nazis put together a plan to come against England. Operation Eagle Attack was the codename of a military operation by Nazi Germany's Luftwaffe which was the German Air Force, to destroy the British Royal Air Force. Eagle Day was supposed to be the day that the operation was launched. And it would cripple Britain's ability to control the skies. And so Germany would have the upper hand. At the same time that all of this is taking place, the atmosphere began to change. And they started their launch one day. They had the Air Planes on the runway and the skies turned dark. And so they had to delay it. For three days, for three different times, they delayed the operation. At the same time, the same day that they're delaying the operation in Berlin, workers were building grandstands at the si- center of the city. They were preparing for a victory parade that would mark the end of the war. There was talk that Hitler wanted the grandstands per- prepared and and the parade route planned by the end of the month because he was ready to celebrate the victory that was surely in Nazi Germany's hands he was confident that victory was in, imminent so on the at dawn on Tuesday August the 13th two groups of german bombers rose into the skies where they assembled their battle formations now this is a difficult enough process without uh, the weather conditions that all of a sudden seemed to crop up again that day. As they rose into the sky, there was an unexpected change in the weather. There was this high pressure zone that had seemed poised to deliver fair weather in Europe, but it had abruptly dissipated. And now heavy clouds covered the channel off the coast of France and England and fog clung to many of the German airfields where they were launching their bombers from. And over England's southeastern coast, the ceiling was said to have been as low as four. Four thousand feet. They had planned to blacken the sky with aircraft in a display of aerial might that would stun the world. But no sooner did the attack begin than the weather forced them to call it off. They thought that this moment would guarantee their victory. But all of a sudden, the atmosphere began to change. And when the atmosphere changed, it was no longer conducive for the victory to happen. Here's my message in a nutshell today. Because when the devil thinks he's won, all you need to do is simply change the atmosphere. Understand that the devil is only the prince of the air. He is not the king of the air. And I know the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords who commands the wind and the waves. And in that spiritual atmosphere that is in your home when it feels tense and it feels tight and when it feels like that the bombers are coming your way and the prince of the air is coming down upon you to defeat you, remember that you know the one who can change the atmosphere and turn it around to the enemy's utter defeat because when the atmosphere begins to change, the devil becomes powerless. Come on, as the natural atmosphere in our world begins to dim and it begins to deteriorate within our church, the spiritual atmosphere should begin to increase in quality. As it gets darker without, it should become lighter within because the devil cannot operate in an atmosphere that is not conducive for his victory. The devil thinks he won, but somebody realized, I have the power to change the atmosphere. Somebody ought to go ahead and just lift your voice and begin to change the atmosphere. Somebody ought to go ahead and just right where you're sitting and just lift up your hand and say, I believe that the atmosphere is shifting in my favor. Let me prove to you how this works. Let me prove to you how a change in atmosphere can bring about a victory. Joshua and the Israelites are trying to root out the inhabitants of their promised land to claim the land that the Lord has said is rightfully theirs. And in Joshua 10 and 11, the Israelites and Joshua go up against Gilgal. And it says that it came to pass that as they fled from before Israel, that they were going down to Beth Haran, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Ezekiel. And they died. And there were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Israel took up their swords. And they thought there's going to have to be a big fight here today. There's going to be a big battle here today. But when the enemy realized what was happening in the atmosphere they began to run away. And Israel began to pursue them. And begin to chase after them. And God said, hey, those people might get away. I'm not sure Israel can and catch up with them I'm going to change some things in the atmosphere until hailstones begin to rain down upon them and more than the Israelites could slay with their swords God said I slew it with the atmosphere that I changed by my own might some of you aren't convinced yet let me give you some more proof text it was in another instance when the Israelites were once again now rebelling against the command of the Lord They weren't listening to the Lord. They weren't listening to what He would say unto them. And so the Bible says in 1 Samuel 12 and 17 that they were right where the devil wanted them. In this rebellious atmosphere. In this rebellious state of mind. And Samuel says, it's not wheat harvest today. He said, here's what I'm going to do because you rebelled against the Lord. I will call unto the Lord... And he shall send thunder and rain that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great which ye have done in the sight of the Lord and asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord. And the Lord sent thunder and rain that day and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Understand that a simple changing of the atmosphere reminds the devil that he's not the one in charge here. A simple changing in the atmosphere. Let your inner me know that there is a God who prevails over everything, that He's the one who controls the wind and the waves, and He controls my life too. That's the God that you and I serve. That's the God that we live in. What do you live for? So how do we do this? If God can control the natural atmosphere, how do we bring God How do we draw God and draw an atmosphere of God into our lives? When we recognize that the enemy is at work in our home and at work in our life, how do we bring the cloud of God's presence into our midst? How do we change the atmosphere in our home? How do we remove the tension that is there? How do we remove the fear that is there? How do we remove the anxiety and the worry and the doubt that is in my home, and change the atmosphere so that God can draw near. In Second Chronicles we read that Solomon has completed the building of the tabernacle, and at the dedication ceremony they bring the Ark of the Covenant into the tabernacle. In Second Chronicles 5 and 13 tells us that it came even to pass that as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard and praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments and music and praised the Lord, saying, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever, that when the house, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. We're in this place. We're in this moment. and We need the cloud of God to change the atmosphere. Come on, our world. Can we just acknowledge today that our world, the atmosphere in our world is dark. The atmosphere in our world right now has us us feeling heavy. It has us feeling angry. But when I get the presence of the Lord, He said when the glory cloud of the Lord came in they could not even stand to minister because there was a changing in the atmosphere around them and it brought them to their knees in humble adoration of the one who is above all the cloud came down and the atmosphere was set how do I get that cloud? How do I get that cloud in my home? The first thing that I want to draw your attention to is that the building was already complete. It wasn't the building that drew the cloud. There was still no cloud. They had cleaned it up and they had set it up. But there was still no cloud. It wasn't until, as you read in the verses prior to the one that I just read to you, that they broke the Ark of the Covenant into the house of the Lord. It wasn't until that moment that things began to change. Never underestimate the power of proximity to change the atmosphere. Understand that the ark represented the presence of God. And when they got it into close proximity with His presence, the atmosphere began to shift. Sometimes the reason why we feel the darkness and sometimes the reason why we feel the cloud of doubt and worry is because we have distanced ourselves from the Lord we have put a space between us and him but the word teaches us this principle that there is power in proximity and if I will draw near unto him he said I will change the atmosphere that is in that place I will change the atmosphere that you are living in and I will allow my cloud to come down and to settle upon each and every one of you here's our problem hear me our The problem is that we've come into agreement with the atmosphere that's messing our lives up. We've come into agreement with that which is tearing our soul apart. We've come into agreement and we've allowed that thing to come into a home. And we believe the lie that it is presented to us, that it is supposed to be here because of something we've done or not done. That we have failed and because of that, that's the reason why we have this atmosphere in our home. And that's the reason why there's that atmosphere of fear that is hovering over us. And we've begun to believe the feelings and the emotions are prevailing in our thought life and they keep pulling us lower and lower and lower. We've come into agreement with the doubt and the doom. And we push pushed the deliverer out the door. You wake up every morning with a cloud hanging over your head and you've begun to be- believe that it belongs there. And hell is hanging up the streamers. Hell is handing out the party favors. Because the atmosphere is working in their favor. And they are drawing you down and down and down. But if we could just bring the ark. If we could just bring the presence of God back into proximity again, we would begin to see a change. We would begin to see the cloud shift from darkness to light. If we could understand the power of proximity, I've got to get myself into the presence of God. That's why it's so important that the Word tells us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. There's a reason why I feel God better here than I felt them when I was staring at a screen. I understand that. There's a place for that. But there's something that happens when I come into the presence of God. There is a power that manifests itself in this place, that moves in this place because it's the power, Sister Rachel, of proximity. When I get into the place of God, when I get into the place where God dwells, I understand something comes on me. That's why I can walk in with my shoulders slumped and my head down. But when I walk out, there's a spring in my step. My shoulders are drawn back because it's the power of the Holy Ghost that begins to work in my life. Somebody needs to go into your home this afternoon and you need to lift up your voice in that home and you need to welcome the presence of the Lord into that place. We've welcomed everything else in. We ought to go ahead and welcome the power of God in and say this place is going to be filled with an atmosphere where God can dwell. Not only, not only do I need to understand the power of proximity to change the atmosphere but I also believe in the power of partnership. Second Chronicles 5 and 13 It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound. Now I tried. I tried to skip this point. For one, because I feel like I talk about unity a lot when I preach, and I hate being redundant. But I'm gonna be redundant today. And the other reason why I try to skip this point is because I'd like to believe I can do it by myself. I'd like to believe that I'm able to stand on my own two feet and that I'm able to march into battle all Lone Ranger style and and pull off a victory. But understand the power of your partnership with somebody that is in this room with you right now, with somebody that can lift you up in prayer, that can cover you in the power of the Holy Ghost. There's a realization that is in the people of Israel that I'm not in this by myself. And when they realized I'm not alone. And I've gotten myself in correct proximity. God can now begin to manifest Himself. And God can now begin to move upon my home. There's a reason why the devil would like for you to feel you're all alone and outnumbered. Somebody told me the other day that during our time of isolation, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, that calls into the mental health hotline was up by 80 something percent because there's something that happens in isolation. There's something that happens when you're by yourself that causes an atmosphere of defeat to come upon you. An atmosphere of worry to come upon you. But when I realize that I'm not alone in this thing, but there's an army of believers that are on my side And they want the best for me, and they believe the best about me because the devil can intimidate you if he can isolate you, but he can't come against you when you understand the power that is in your partnership one with another. Somebody ought to realize I'm not alone in this, I'm not by myself, but there's an army fighting beside me. You ought to clap your hands right now unto the Lord if you're thankful to know that you're not by yourself. Come on, some of you got to go home and live by yourself. But you ought to walk in the door today and just go ahead and say it out loud. Devil, I want you to know I'm not alone. There's somebody here with me. I've got God on my side. But more than that, I've got believers that believe that God is fighting for me. They're praying for me. They're interceding for me. They're standing in the gap for me. I am not alone. Some of you have been fighting with your kids. You've been fighting with your spouse. And you feel like you're by yourself. That it's a one-sided fight. That everybody's gaining up on you and teaming up on you. But I remind you today that your fight is not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of this air. So you go ahead and let the devil know, you've been trying to isolate me. I see what you're doing. Sister Holly, you tell him I see what you're doing. I see how you're trying to meddle in this. I see how you're trying to change this atmosphere for for your advantage. But I want you to know, right? now that I know how to change the atmosphere. I just call them a brother. I just call them a sister when I need a hand and the Lord is going to move in an atmosphere. They were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. The atmosphere began to change in that place and the power of the Holy Ghost fell upon all of them. Come on. I didn't intend to spend this much time on this point today, but I need somebody to realize there's power in in togetherness. There's power in partnership one with another. You ought to plug yourself into the house of God more than you've ever plugged yourself in. You ought to hold on to the truth. You ought to hold on to this more than you ever have before because the devil can isolate you. He'll get you in an atmosphere that's conducive for his victory. So there's power in proximity. There's power in partnership. And finally, there's power in your praise. It came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music, they praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Then the house was filled. Sometimes all you got to do to change the atmosphere is lift up your voice and begin to praise Him. Sometimes all you got to do is lift up your voice and say, thank you, Jesus. God, I know you're good. God, I know you're worthy. God, I want to thank you today for your mercy. God, I want to thank you today for your grace. God, when I didn't deserve it, when I was dead, you made me alive. And I'm thankful today, God, that your grace did not leave me where I was. But lifted me up out of the pit when life feels so heavy that you're not sure if you can even lift a hand up you just go ahead and say devil you can't have my praise i'm gonna open up my mouth and i'm gonna magnify the name of jesus christ i'm gonna praise him with everything Come on, somebody needs to go back into that kitchen today as you're stirring up some lunch and start stirring up a little praise and say, God, I need an atmosphere of your glory that is in this house. Come on, the devil is not the only one that responds to atmosphere. God responds to atmosphere too. He is everywhere, the Bible teaches us. But that doesn't mean that He manifests His presence equally everywhere. He's everywhere at all times. But that doesn't mean that we feel Him in the same way. Or that He demonstrates His presence in the same way everywhere all at once. God only manifests His presence when the atmosphere is right. God only manifests His glory when the atmosphere has been set. And He loves the atmosphere of praise from true worship that comes from His people. The Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of His people. That word inhabits means He is enthroned or he feels comfortable enough to sit down in the place where the atmosphere the atmosphere, is filled with celebration, with praise, and with worship. Somebody needs to understand the power that is in your tongue. When you fill the atmosphere with complaining, when you fill the atmosphere with fault finding, when you fill the atmosphere with murmuring, it's not inviting to the presence of God. In fact, it has quite the opposite effect. When you begin to complain, and you begin to voice your bitterness, and when you begin to voice your complaint against God, God is drawn away from it, and the enemy begins to move in. But understand me today. Some of us think it's the music. Oh, if I'll just play the right song on air. air, air or whatever radio station we listen to now I don't listen to the radio whatever, whatever playlist I got the right playlist it's just going to totally change understand it's not the music that changes the atmosphere that went over like a lead balloon it's not the music that changes the atmosphere they can get up here and sing whatever song they want to and it's not going to change the atmosphere what changes the atmosphere is worship worship changes the atmosphere when i begin to worship the lord i can sing whatever song i want to that brings glory to god and it's going to bring in the presence of the lord most high and holy understand here today it's not simply your church attendance that that changes the atmosphere i'm so glad that you chose to come here today but your presence in this room didn't change the atmosphere that we we feel here no what changes the atmosphere is our worship because as I worship I begin to gain a clear perspective and the weight lifts off of me and joy springs up within me there is nothing contrary to God that can remain in his presence so as I magnify him the fear leaves the enemy leaves the disappointment leaves and joy begins to spring up because his presence is and where the spirit of the Lord is. There is fullness of joy where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is an abundance of peace where the Spirit of the Lord is. I have liberty. Yeah, come on I wish somebody lift your voice right now I wish somebody go ahead and throw your hands up to heaven and just begin to magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together because when he shows up in the cloud and the atmosphere changes the enemy has to flee Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, go ahead and let that praise come out of you right now. Come on, go ahead and let that praise come out of you right now. Somebody ought to exalt His name. Worthy is the Lord. Oh, let it rumble right now. Let it stir up in you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 2 and 3 among whom we also we all had the conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh even the cravings and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even we were dead to sin caught up in an atmosphere of guilt and shame caught up in an atmosphere if we weren't even sure we believed who God was, who He said He was, because we believed the lies of the devil and of the adversary. The devil thought he had won. But verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together by Christ. By grace ye are saved. And He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The devil thought he'd win with shock and awe, but the atmosphere changed. And God showed up. I wonder, does anybody remember when the devil thought he had won in your life? Does anybody remember when your teeth were stained with tobacco? And you couldn't lift your head up off the floor because of the, the drug overdose? Does anybody remember when you couldn't get out of the bar? Does anybody remember when you didn't know how to give your life to Him? When everything inside of you wanted to, you felt shackled and you felt chained? I know some have been looking around today saying these people are crazy if he tells them to clap their hands one more time i'm leaving because that's a bunch of nonsense that's a bunch of malarkey i can't believe people would act like that in church isn't that so disrespectful but can i tell you today sir can i tell you today ma'am we just know what the atmosphere in our life used to be like and we can't afford to walk into that darkness anymore Because when we lived in that atmosphere, the prince of the air, he was dropping bombs on us. He was devastating our homes. He was leveling our families. But today, I decided to invite the Lord to change the atmosphere. Would you stand to your feet with me all across the room? You can bring the enemy's work to a halt. All you got to do is change the atmosphere. I feel that atmosphere in this room right now. I wonder if right where you are, you just lift a hand toward heaven, maybe close your eyes. Somebody just embrace that atmosphere. Come on, I need some prayer warriors right now. I need some saints of God right now that understand how to tap into that spiritual atmosphere. I need you to dive into it right now. Yes, 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 yes. The reason that the Luftwaffe, wanted to bomb the Air Force is they wanted to ground the planes and so that there would be no control in the air. There would be no air support for the Royal Guard. That was their goal. And when the atmosphere changed, that plan became apparent they couldn't come in the force that they wanted to. And the RAF realized what was taking place, and they were able to dispatch their planes to fight back against it. Can you put verse number four back up there, Kelly? Ephesians chapter two. Is that verse four? Do uh, verse three. I don't know which one I want. Verse five. Verse 5. Try verse 5. I'm guessing. All right, verse 6. We'll get there. He's raised us up together. The enemy was the prince of the air. And he was trying to bring the air support to a halt. But the Lord said, I'm going to change the atmosphere. And I'm going to raise them up together. Today, you have been commissioned to God's Royal Air Force. You're not going to be bombed while you're sitting on the tarmac. But the atmosphere has changed. And He says, I'm going to raise them up where they're now going to have the ability to fight in an atmosphere that will destroy the enemy that is in their life. I'm going to lift them up into heavenly places. Look at me today. I want you to hear this 34-year-old preacher in June of 2020 in the middle of a dark world. I feel an atmosphere that's shifting and the Lord is raising us up to fight back in heavenly places to fight back in a spiritual atmosphere. I want you right now to raise both hands up to heaven. Tilt your head back toward glory. And I want you to begin to praise the Lord right now. Come on, that's it. The atmosphere is shifting. The atmosphere is changing. I wonder if there's somebody in this room today that you're ready to fight back against the atmosphere that's been prevailing in your home and the enemy's plan has been exposed today if you would step out of your pew and you would make your way down the aisle to this altar and you'd say I'm fighting for a spiritual atmosphere in my home I'm fighting for the glory of the Lord to come down in this place come on that's it that's it come on
0: You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.